Roger Moore back in action in the exotic east as James Bond, 007, on a collision course with the most dangerous man alive. The man with the golden gun. Hold on, sir. James Bond, on the job. The girls are willing. I've dreamed about you setting me free. The pace is killing. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the podcast where we discuss and rejoice in the James Bond phenomenon in all its shapes and forms, from Fleming to the films and everything in between. Oh, I'm one of your hosts, Edgar. And I'm Matt. Matt, is it just me or do you feel especially enthusiastic this week? Um, not really. <clears throat> I wonder why that will make. We'll find out as the episode goes along. Uh, <laughs> I'm flipping delighted. Yeah, I'm this, flipping delighted. This is the uh, episode where I lose all credibility as a James Bond fan. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. But I'm very excited. Uh, last week we reviewed... Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun book from Ian Fleming. And this week, it is the film adaptation released in very, very late 1974, uh, directed by uh, our buddy Guy Hamilton. Great director. Great uh, director of one Bond movie. (laughs) Well, some would say two. (coughs) Some would include Live and Let Die. Yeah. Some. If you look, you can find them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think I'm seeing one right now. However, did you, I mean, you've been pretty busy uh, recently with school projects and work. I you? don't know what happens in that movie. You have to uh, remind me because I, I legit don't remember. Now, here is an extremely thorough oh, plot synopsis. As I expect. All right. Spoilers for the listeners. Our film wastes no time in serving the audience some hot sauce. With a loopy opening featuring a gangster we may or may not have seen before arrive at the private island of hitman Francisco Scaramanga. The latter's personal servant, a little person named Nicknack, welcomes the gangster and sends him into the host's veritable funhouse where a duel to the death occurs. Playtime ends abruptly as Scaramanga, the man with the golden gun, vanquishes the threat. Back in London, James Bond 007 is called into M's office, where his superior has some unfortunate news. It would appear that the famous hitman has selected the secret agent as his next target, at least judging by a customized golden bullet with 007 engraved on its surface. Bond is removed from the assignment of finding the creator of a Solux agitator device, and encouraged rather to be number one with the bullet in tracking down his newfound nemesis before eating lead. Making things all the more difficult is the fact that no visual records of Scaramanga exist. All Bond can rely on is that the villain has a superfluous papilla, a mammary gland, a third nipple. Oh, I didn't get it. The trail of bullets leads 007 to plenty of exotic locations. A charming encounter in Beirut, where a former colleague of his was gunned down by the assassin. 
a trip to Macau where he makes the acquaintance of the gun-for-hire's woman, a Miss Anders. Hong Kong, where the investigation is seen from a new angle with the help of MI6 ally Lieutenant Hip and close colleague Mary Goodnight. And a karate school in Thailand, where the teenage girls give the lessons in butt-kicking. Our hero eventually learns that it was Miss Anders who delivered the golden bullet to MI6 in the hopes that Bond would come and save her since he is, obviously, the only man who can kill her violent lover. Sadly, she never makes it out alive, serving as a wonderful target practice for Scatamanga, who has seen the light of a bright future and is also after the aforementioned Solix agitator. The climax sends 007 to his enemy's private island to retrieve both the agitator and the kidnapped Mary Goodnight. Challenged to a gunfight duel, the protagonist accepts, but not before enjoying the delicious lunch Nicknack has prepared. Bond and Scaramanga play the ultimate game of cat and mouse. Both around the island and within the infamous funhouse, it is Bond, however, who gets the last laugh, posing as a statue of himself to catch his hunter off guard. He and Goodnight escape with their lives as the island goes tits up after Goodnight tampers with the solar energy conversion machinery. Drifting away on Scaramanga's junk, Bond and Goodnight are rudely interrupted by a vengeful knickknack who had hoped to inherit his employer's wealth, but 007 sends him packing with a view. With eight hours until reaching Hong Kong, James gets to spend a good afternoon and probably a good evening with good night as credits roll. And thus ends the man with the golden gun. Bravo, bravo. I skimmed some details there. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> he couldn't have done better. Uh, I'm going to start this, this little discussion with a quote that I found online that illustrates um, some of my feelings on this movie. What are you <coughs> trying to do here? Um, I'm going to actually uh, play the character. Um, so you have to find out who I am, and then I'll tell you if... Uh, oh. I don't like surprises. <laughs> oh, oh, here you go. Here I go. Um, I, I can't stay. Uh, there's a single bomb movie I'd like to completely redo. Uh, if I had the chance... I'm, it's not good as... It used to be better. Wait, I'm just... Wait, I have to... Uh, mm, mm, mm. Uh, uh, I can't say there is a single bomb film I'd like to completely redo. If I had the chance to, there, all oh, if I had the chance, although there are parts of uh, the man with the golden gun, that, uh, I'd change. That's it from Arbut R. Broccoli. Right, parts of, parts of, yeah, not redo the film. But he didn't say he didn't if mention. If you thought he, he didn't mention any other movie. If you thought you were gonna fluster me or catch me off guard, I think rest again. My case. Think again. Edgar Chapu is. Cool as a cucumber here. I'm not trying to make you <laughs> angry at all. I know you like this movie. I know you like Roger. I like Roger yeah. too. But uh, this movie as... You know what? I've always said this movie is frustrating. And I've said that ever mm. since we started doing the podcast. I've refused. I've held off on talking about this movie because I knew that they would come where we would discuss. <laughs> yes. I don't kind of have to. We are a James Bond podcast. So. And the, here, here I go. Like, why I find it frustrating is that you got Christopher Lee. He's mm. one of the most fantastic screen mm. actor of his generation. So sexy. <laughs> you have Roger Moore, who's on his sophomore 
a Bond adventure mm. and he's been great in the part so far. Mm. You got uh, uh, Hervé Villachaise as Nick Nack, who's on to he's about to start doing uh, Fantasy Island. Mm. You got Thailand, you got great sets like the uh, Men with the Golden Guns, uh, Hideaway Island. But in the end, it's a very limp movie. The characters are not that well defined. I mean, the character of Mary Goodnight just shows up and she has <laughs> no, except that she's a dumb blonde, she has no other characteristics. Mm. The man with the golden gun is like a def definition of a wet noodle. He's barely a character. He doesn't, he's not, he doesn't feel like he's actually an antagonist. Bond doesn't kill, only kills one person throughout the entire movie. <laughs> it's the man with the golden gun. And it's, <laughs> it is, It it's action deficient. It is like there's, it takes about an hour before we get a decent, uh, like I have the decent uh, action sequence because everything you have before the hour mark is a couple poorly staged fights with Roger Moore and um, uh, Christopher Lee. It, 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 this movie is defective. And I think I'm going to blame the short turnaround Uh, window between the end of Live and Let Die and the making of this movie. They had barely... There's 14 months between the release... That's crazy. ...of, yeah. of one and the, the, the release of the other. It's insane. Like, the movie... The movie, the movie was not... We're not watching a fully finished, uh, pr properly developed script and storyline. I mean, what's his name? Manko That's the last Mankiewicz yep. uh, of the trilogy. And thank God, because th this is his worst uh, effort. And I think he would uh, agree with me. Well, you're you're not wrong in the sense that uh, this morning before you arrived, I um, something I don't really do very often when we do this podcast. I took a look at the bit of the special features uh, on the I can't remember if it was on disc or on iTunes, but whatever. Oh. I went to took a look at the special features a little bit and. Um, Uh, Tom, these, these are from like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, that screenwriter, Mankiewicz, he uh, says in, in, in the interview a time he's given that he didn't think it was his best work. He handed what he had uh, to Cubby and, and, and Harry, who then gave it to uh, Dick Maybaum. And after that, they handed it back, they handed it back to Mankiewicz <laughs> afterwards. So I think there was a little bit of... Um, I don't know if they were in panic mode. I guess in some in some sense you must be. I guess when you're giving yourself a release date and it's barely a year after your last movie, and these are big movies. Maybe Man with the Golden Gun doesn't appear as big as some of the other ones, but you know they're traveling all over the place and they're traveling very far. You know they're in the Far East. Uh, yeah, maybe they were in a little bit of panic mode, and there's a bit of um, you know it's sort of lollipop sticks and and glue that's maybe holding this film together yeah. at times. That's why I find it so frustrating because there's a great thing. I'm, when you say describe the elements of this movie to any nail fight, they're gonna say, "I need to." Why I'm, I'm why do I? I'm not, why are we watching this movie right now? Why do I, I? I'm not aware that Christopher Lee played a Bond villain. Uh, why? Mm. And when you see it, you understand because it's a horrible picture. It's a, it's embarrassing at times. Uh, for for uh, the for the film on the whole, or just for Christopher Lee, or both? Uh, the, I don't think Christopher Lee does an admirable job with the part he's given. Um, honestly, I'm gonna every everything in the movie. I'm not gonna blame the actors. Even 
Britt Eklund, who's not playing the greatest character of all time. And I'm going to blame the writer and especially the director. Yeah. Well, I think when it comes to the director, there's probably a point to make that after a while, when you've when you've squeezed all the creative juices you, you can out of something. Um, and Guy Hamilton, what, he was there in 64 for Goldfinger, came back for Diamonds Are Forever, which is kind of a rehash of Goldfinger. Then he made Live and Let Die. Then he's back less than a year later on The Man with the Golden Gun. That can't be very easy. Now, my boy Terrence Young did it, but not everybody's Terrence Young. <laughs> um, you know, that's not easy. I can't blame, I mean, I, I can, but I can't. You know, I can't blame someone for not having those creative juices anymore, but maybe the producers should have seen that, pushed back the release date to like summer 75 or something like that. They do that easily these days. Yeah. <laughs> but also, it's. Um, th- the uh, the franchise is at a crossroads because this is the last uh, Harry and Cubby uh, movie. Yeah, yep. Harry's uh, invested a lot of money into uh, entertainment ventures that, that that don't pay dividends, and uh, lost he, his shirt. Pardon me. He lost his shirt and had to sell his share of uh, which he put as collateral. I think. Mm. I don't think Cubby was aware of that. It's like. <laughs> Probably made some very, t- and he re- apparently apparently refused to sell his share to Cubby. Bless his heart, bless his heart. If he's not there, we probably don't have the franchise we have today. But he's a weird guy. <laughs> yeah. I think he's essential to the success of the franchise. But sometimes I I think he had self destructive self destructive. Uh, instinct but there's the story about um i think that's actually in the in the making of documentary as well tom mankovis is chatting with harry and uh harry's like uh, oh let's order shoes for an elephant oh. stampede uh, there's that story that all the fans know see he's sort of he 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 acts he acts he doesn't think yes and that's you know when you're dealing with a multi-million dollar franchise that's not always the smartest thing i think he's a gambler but unlike bonu gambles on even chances he took risks and yep. eventually blew up in his face. So let's talk about the movie. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> um, so the the film doesn't begin with Bond. It nope. starts with the villain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the first shot we see, it's everything's horrible. There's a strange... Now, is there some composite going there's on? There's a composite. I think the rock on top is... is uh, there's some elements of matte painting. Yeah, there's something's not right in that shot. I feel like the sky is a matte painting. Yeah, it's very very weird. It, it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, we get to see uh, Miss Anders. Yeah, uh, who's like uh, she, who's drying him? Played by a 29 year old uh, Maud Adams. Bless her. I, I love Maud Adams so much. I love her personality. She's beautiful. I think she's a really good actress. Uh, she only gets better with time, and in all its shapes and form. <laughs> I I would agree with that, and we there's a revelation in this scene when Scaramanga takes off his, his towel. We get oh. to see a some nip, Ugh. and a lot of nip at that. Ugh. Uh, oh, I uh, the f- Ugh. Ugh. I hate those shots of bare-chested men who uh, with third nipple because but they all they don't look like they, they doesn't look real it doesn't look real they look like tumors on their chest yeah it looks a little unhealthy actually and 
actually, I there are some famous people that have turned third, third nipples. Mike Wahlberg has one. Mark Wahlberg has one, but it's not like a mammary gland. Let me see that. It's chest. more like a mole. They call it a nipple, but it's a, like it's more like a mole. Real third. I don't even see it. It's just under his left chest. Oh God, that's Back. a nipple. Yeah, that's come a, on, man. That well, that's. Those aren't like if you look. I'm not like, interested if it doesn't look like Francisco Scaramanga's third. You mean nipple. like this? Yeah, like that. That looks like a tumor. It's not even the right color. It's just like ugh. And poor Christopher Lee, he had to have half of his chest hair ch- shaved for this shot. Oh, poor guy. Just it itches when it grows back. Oh. I've done that. <laughs> poor guy. But anyways, there's a visitor to the island. Yep. Pro- potentially. Uh, Potentially, a character we saw in Diamonds Are Forever. It's not really established, but it's fun to think maybe. Um, now, what I I'm gonna if I'm gonna go to bat for for the film, and I feel like I might be doing that a lot, even yeah. though I agree it's not a great movie. Uh, is that <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yes, I win. Okay, uh, we can stop now. <laughs> and uh, so we have people everywhere. Uh, is that nothing is explained to us, but just through everyone's actions, we know exactly what's happening in this sequence. And that's great visual storytelling. Storytelling. I love this. You know, it's a little weird that Bond's not there, but I do love this pre-title sequence. Uh, it sets up hey, the... ow, ow, wherever you are, don't take it personal. <laughs> <laughs> it set it sets up the 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 final confrontation as um subtly as a train truck inside a shiny shop it's that subtle you usually see a bull in the shiny shop can attest to that i've never seen a train truck in a china shop it's uh-huh. just uh okay we see a dummy of uh Roger Moore's James Bond well, I guess we're guess how James Bond's going to defeat Scaramanga is going to play the part of the dummy. You, you know immediately how this movie is going to end. I'm sure some people were able to guess that. Uh, I think if I showed that to a five-year-old, they would say, oh, the, the film's going to end this way. Yeah, you, you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what I thought the first time. God, the first time I saw this movie would have been tw- <laughs> 20 years ago, 25 years ago. Uh, I can't remember what I thought if I had drawn that conclusion as as easily or if i drew it at all i can't remember if i drew it at all but you know Um, even if you you know that it's gonna come back i mean it's well if we're seeing this fun house and it's this island it's it's a weird it's a funny way to start the movie because we're basically seeing his hideout like right now it's the first thing we see in the movie is his hideout we don't see everything we learn later that there's the whole solar energy conversion (laughs) center we'll get to that but we (laughs) we see the essentials sort of yeah Right off the bat, which I don't—I can't remember any Bond movies that do that. Either we don't see the film. There's a reason for that. And, and w- uh, through this visual storytelling, actually no, through the, the through the dialogue, once the gangster is vanquished, Knickknack uh, is like, uh, one of these days I will get every sue you owe me. So basically, we find out that there's this terrain, this funhouse terrain, where people challenge Scaramanga and Knickknack is going to Scaramanga apparently has agreed to bequeath his wealth to this little person here I, I have some um, notes about uh, Nick Knack because he's played by French actor Hervé Villachez yeah. so 
when they do these movies, usually the original um, actor play dubs his own voice. So I was like, oh, let me see. So I started listening to the French version. Oh, I didn't think of that. And no, that he's not dubbed by our oh, no. shows. You know who dubs his voice? Roger Moore? No, Bugs Bunny. Well, I don't know who did Bugs Bunny. Well, so. the, the same voice that did Bugs Bunny. If if I you play any uh, old-timey uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon from maybe this, dubbed in the 70s, it's the same voice actor. Okay. He dubbed... Uh, I, I have his biography. Uh, uh, let me... Uh, it's Guy <laughs> Perriot. <laughs> And he did... Uh, he, he, he voiced cartoon characters his entire life. And he passed and away. He, and he voiced a cartoon character in The Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's what's weird to me that is that he voices um, a cartoon character. Bugs Bunny, Woody Woodpecker. He played the voice of Boo Boo. Um, the hell is Boo Boo? That's um, it, Yogi's uh, uh, teen mm. sidekick. And he played uh, also uh, Billy the Kid on the Look a Look. Uh, oh, cartoon. Okay. So he's done like a lot of a uh, lot of big work. Yeah, it, it was weird to hear Bugs Bunny's voice coming <laughs> from a little person. So I don't remember what Bugs Bunny sounded in, in French. French. I've listened to it, but I don't remember what he sounds like in French. Um, that being said, uh, once this little amazing pre-title <laughs> sequence is done, we get to the pre-title sequence. <laughs> Charges a million a shot. Don't remember where we ranked this song. In our, I don't think I ranked it particularly high. Neither did I. Uh, I had, I did had fun with it last night though. I watched the movie a little late. Maybe I was a little sleepy and it just like anything to keep me awake work. But <laughs> I had fun with the song. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised you stayed awake, even alive, watching this movie. Oh come now. <laughs> um, I I have nothing to say about the the song is. It's corny. It's corny. It's corny. Hell. Yeah. And good the, music but it's corny the visual i mean it's girls film underwater i think i read something uh, that more water morris binder when he was shooting that sequence um and i don't know you might want to bleep this out one of the uh, girls uh, pubic hair stuck too much and he had like to kind of like put that i think vaseline on it <laughs> and roger Merce saw saw that and he's like yeah, uh, yeah he, he, he gets all the perks about morris binder well there you go <laughs> he's a very he was an integral part to the uh, to the franchise matthew oh i know i know good for him he had also. earned his spurs he had earned his stripes <laughs> Yeah, rejoice know, now is a spot yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, and and it seemed to me uh, during the, this entire movie like the perfor performance of each actor you would have to rewatch it uh, completely but it they cut from let's say a long shot to a close up in the same sequence and the expression of the actors varies greatly there's a shot Miss Moneypenny's talking to him and she looks like she's sort of kidding around. Bond makes a comment. It's one shot of Roger Moore. It cuts back to um, uh, Miss Moneypenny and she looks lo so bored and pissed off. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, this is distracting to me. It doesn't, like, it, it feels like it does. it's not the same performance. Well, I, I think, again, you know, editing, one of the, the, the secret to filmmaking, if you ask me, 
being not being a filmmaker at all is is in the editing you know yeah. how do you stitch these scenes and these shots and these reels together not reels anymore but uh, how do you stitch them together to make something that's cohesive tonally or if there are variations at least it's organic and it makes sense i think when you're so strapped for time as they assumingly were on golden gun uh yeah i'm sure some things fell, th fell uh, through the cracks uh yes it, they did i mean it's obvious this movie was victim of many 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 bad decisions like having the the, the release so shortly after after the release of the previous movie uh some of the directing choices and editing choices uh don't never well, help this movie get some of the musical choices too Oh yes. <laughs> so we uh, we come to uh, learn that uh, apparently Sarah Scaramanga wants to kill James Bond. Apparently. Apparently. So so says the bullet with 007 engraved on it. <laughs> and everyone knows who James Bond is. He's like the most famous secret agent. Which are two things that shouldn't be said together. World's greatest secret agent. If you're a secret agent and you're the world's greatest, <laughs> you're not the world's greatest. <laughs> yeah, it, that that joke, did that joke start in Diamonds where he kills Peter Franks and switches the IDs and Joe St. John's like, you just killed James Bond. Is that the first time they do that? I feel like in there's a part in Thunderball when well, there's uh, one of the goons that infiltrated um, Bond's um, uh, hotel room in the the bathroom and um, when Felix Leiter comes knocking and he's about to say 007 Bond punches him in the gut to stop him it's like oh you were about to say 007 and what's the, what's the point of having code numbers if everybody knows what that means exactly so I think it starts there but it's you could say that Diamond Forever is the the, the first embraces it yeah embraces it in, in Thunderball it's, it's okay-ish especially mm. for the time but no diamonds it's it's silly and uh, <laughs> man with the golden gun turns it into a, an absurdity oh yeah i mean there's the uh there's lazar the 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 customizable everyone uh, knows who he is it's that'd be a great privilege to make a gun for the great for the legendary james bond because it's roger moore it's it, it makes sense because roger moore would Especially the way he plays the character, would he feels like the most Archer-esque of all the Bond? Like, oh, I'm a secret. Like, he probably mm. goes to a bar and like he meets a a lady he fancies. Like, I'm a secret agent. Oh, do you want to see my gadget? Oh, come to my place. <laughs> he would do that. <laughs> he would. <laughs> we miss you, Roger. <laughs> but yeah, and and the but the movie really does em embrace that. There's another one later on where he's speaking with high fat. He's I think he's pretending to be Scaramanga. And he's uh, talking, speaking to, with high fat, uh, and and oh. he says something to the effect of like, "Well, everybody knows James Bond. He's good, even by my standards." You know, and it's just like even even I who who will try to find any excuse to 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 defend. You know this movie and anything Roger Moore participates in. Even I'm sort of rolling my eyes, going like, "Well, come on, is he a secret agent or not?" <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, he's not a secret agent. He's a secret agent yeah. from England. <laughs> and uh, okay, we'll get to. That. <laughs> 
So what's maybe a little detail before we head uh, uh, head along in the, in, the, in the plot here is that Bond is being removed from an assignment. Yeah. So the so the Solix agitator is mentioned. Oh yes, the uh, Solix agitator. Yeah. So there's a, there's an energy crisis, uh, which I think I know what they're referring cause to. Because it's the 70s. Yes, exactly. The oil crisis of '73, yes. I believe. The OAPEC or whatever it was called. Yeah, anyway, so we don't need to get into history and politics here. But so that's sort of inspired, which is what the Bond films do a lot. They take a nugget of the real world and they'll just like run with it and, and sprinkle yeah. it with crack cocaine, you know? Exactly. They, 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 they create an augmented reality. They, they, there's nothing you can take for real. Like the, the, they, they jumped, no, they didn't jump one shark, they jumped an entire school of sharks. Oh, come now. Sorry. They didn't jump. They beat. They they brought in two teenage girls and they beat. They <laughs> kicked those asses of those sharks. Yes. They Correction. Did. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. You're Thank correct. you. Okay. Moving on. So we go to Lebanon. Where we go to? Oh, we go to Lebanon because that's where uh, the Bill 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 what? I can't remember his last name, but uh, Bill was killed, and I love that shot. Was he a double double O? I think he, he was double. He's double O two. Um, and I love the shot of the dancer doing her thing and Bond, cigar, smiling. He he tilts his head a little bit like this too, like he's following the belly I, the, because she's wearing the, I, the, the bullet, bullet yeah. that killed uh, Bill. I found that the actress had, I, 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 I was surprised because I'm like, she sound, she doesn't sound French. To me, she sounded... She sounds fake French. She sounded French-Canadian to me. Really? Yeah, the way, like, I, I have an accent, but uh, uh, I, I can't quantify, but uh, the typical, she, she she felt like she had a typical French-Canadian accent. Well, knowing you, you do research, so what's the what's the verdict here? No, she's not. She's British. <laughs> British? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I picked up on something, and no, she's entirely mm. British. Mm. And she, she, she's doing a f- fake French accent mm. for a while. For a while, I'm like, that sounds sort of familiar but no, I'm wrong. I was completely wrong. Interesting. Entree. Good evening. My name is Bond. James Bond. Your dancing is superb. And so are you. Merci. And you are very handsome. <laughs> well, I don't usually intrude like this, but I... I believe we had a mutual friend, Bill Fairbanks. Fairbanks? Yes. I am told you were with him when he was rather uh, rudely interrupted. Ah, mais oui, Bill. What a terrible night. I will never forget it. Did you see you shot him? No, I was in his arms. My eyes were closed. At least he died happy. The bullet went through him. Through his back and ended up there? No, no, through his neck. I take it out of the wall before the police arrive. And now, it is my lucky child. I never dance without it. I'm sure Bill would have loved that. There's a little bit of good dialogue when he goes into her dressing room and your dancing was superb and she mentions Bill. Ah, mais oui, Bill, you know. He died when I was, he was in my arms or something like that. Well, at least he died happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is some, there's some good stuff here, but they're rudely interrupted though. Yeah. 
by the most incredible fight ever. I thought it was okay. It's certainly not. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was all right. Actually, it's all right. It's all Again, right. it's sort of. It's almost as good as it's gonna get with Roger Moore. Like there's maybe yeah. the rooftop yeah. fight in Spy. It's tough because when you think of Roger Moore action scenes, you think of the gadgets and you think of the vehicle chases. You don't really think of the fisticuffs with uh, Roger Moore. You think of 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 him being chased and escaping like he runs away a lot like when he runs away with the girls from the karate school and he yeah he's running like this it's like have you ever run before in your entire life <laughs> or is this the first time you do that <laughs> i read somewhere that apparently um there there were shots when he refused to run on screen <laughs> and because he looks weird and you can you kind of confirming it. Tom Cruise, he is not. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise looks cool when he runs. Tom Cruise is awesome. Um, so they're rudely interrupted. You have a magnificent abdomen. And he swallows the bullet, which was in her uh, nombril, her belly button. Belly button. I was about to say nipple. <laughs> I think you have an obsession. I know. With her nipples. Oh, but only third ones. I don't want the first two. On airy man's chest. Well, let's just say chests. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, he swallows the, the, the bullet. Oh, it, it's also the scene of the famous blooper where you can see the, the entire crew filming. It's one of those things where once you know about it, you, you, you cannot oh, look no, at anything uh, else. It's, it's one of the funniest things. But it speaks to the quality of the movie. They saw it and they left it in the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. It, no, but you're you're absolutely right. So there's a lack of attention to details. It's just like just film it quickly and cheaply, and this is the result. It's a cheap looking, cheap looking. Now you know there's some good sets on Scaramanga's Island, and and uh, you know they, they are filming. When they go to Bangkok, I find things start to look okay. Like the sort of the the where the the village where the, there's the boat chase that like that looks okay, but it's true that on the whole. And frankly, I mean, it's Hong Kong. It's weird. There is a, a strange look to this film. I mean, we talked about the, the weird composite with the matte painting at, at the start, but it's, it's less that. That's like one shot. I'm just more referring to the overall look of the film. It's often gray. It's not, very, it's not sunny very often in this movie. I think uh. they had two DPs because uh, they had one when they shot on location and when they came back to England, uh, he got sick, so they had to... Uh, Get somebody oh. else to finish the picture, so that could speak to like mm. different quality. But throughout the movie, I, I think everyone looks. Every, the actors look bad. Even gorgeous, uh, gorgeous women, but like Brick Ackland, you can see all the puck marks and like, like it, it's not a well photographed. Really, I didn't, I think she looks amazing. Actually, no, you can see like th th there's stuff they could like. No, I don't think the movie looks good. I think uh, the. I've seen people. Now well, we've seen Bond movies where people look better. You compare that to the the movie that follows this one, and Roger Moore's six. How many years? Five, four years? Four years later? Three. Three. Wait, that's seventy. Well, technically less because this is the end of seventy four, and the other one comes out in the summer, like oh. two and a half, let's say. There's a difference, like the, 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 the quality, the, the the way they yeah, film the grain. Yeah, who shot Spy? Wasn't it the uh, Claude Renoir? Uh, Claude Renoir only shot, uh, yeah, Claude Renoir shot parts of it. Like, yeah, he shot. You know. 
but yeah, no, still, I mean, Moonraker. I mean, everything before and after looks better. This is a poor-looking movie. Yeah, well, it's 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 very very average, very very average. There's not glamour. Yeah, there's very little glamour. In I, this I one. think you just said it. It's it's not it's glamourless. You associate Bond and his world with glamour and and classy sex appeal. There's not really any of that I don't know, here. First, I think it's all in the first shot. Like Christopher Christopher wearing like a bad bathing suit. He he sets up. He he dresses up with a track suit, a horrible looking track yeah, suit. That's a little weird. Now. And uh, the the uh, couch is uh, a zebra pattern that uh, mm. Andrea Anders is on. It, everything looks. Ugh. It's the worst of the seventies. Like there's, it is definitely ste- there's an uh, there are aesthetic choices in this film that are steeped in the seventies. But the type, the version of the seventies that's never going to come back in fashion. Yeah, you know, like yeah. early seventies, the transition between what was the sixties and what's going to be what we refer as the seventies. <laughs> the part of the seventies where maybe the seventies had not found themselves yet. Yeah, <laughs> when you get to nineteen seventy seven. Like it looks like the seventies, but at least it's hmm. it's seventies cocaine chic chic. Like Yeah. 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 Looks a little bit better. This is ugh, hmm. nothing looks good. It's moving along here. We gotta get move we gotta get yeah, move yeah. on here. So it, we we go to see Lazar. So anyways, you know, he swallows he swallows the bullet, he goes to get a laxative, that's the joke. We all get it. You have no idea what the went through to get this bullet out. <laughs> oh we do, James. Uh, with the help of Q and Q Prime, I don't know <laughs> Q Q and other Q Q and R, uh, they they determine that uh, Lazar is not a place; it's a person. The chap who made the bullet, 007. Uh So off we are to Macau to see Lazar. I do like this scene. I do, I do like, like this uh, scene. I, I'm gonna bat for it a little bit because I've been taking this movie for a ride. But I love this entire exchange. That I, that's you know. Apparently, the the writers try to uh, Sean Connery eyes uh, Roger Moore a little bit, make him tougher. And Which is weird because they didn't do that in Live and Let Die. So why would they do that now? I don't know, but apparently that was a mandated decision. They tried to toughen him up because they they felt. But this scene is. Work, would work with Roger or Sean. I think yeah. this is a James Bond scene. Yeah, well, which is telling about at least Roger's more Roger Roger Moore's capabilities as an actor because I feel it works with him. Like it's yeah. not a sh- it, you, I know what you mean, and I think you're absolutely correct. But the fact that it does work with Roger at least you know puts a little bit more cred back into his corner. Um, <laughs> I like the actor who plays Lazar. I he, I like it when Bond wants to know, you know, who who who's getting these golden bullets, who's picking up these golden bullets, and oh, it's confidential. It's sort of like a relationship <laughs> between a doctor or or, or 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 a priest, you know, and a patient. You know, he's very proud, very very proud of what he's doing, and and it's it's, it's like a relationship between a doctor and his patient. <laughs> Screw you. I'm aiming precisely at your groin. So speak now or forever hold your peace. Such, uh, that's okay. a Mankiewicz line. Yes. He's good with the puns. What about ammunition? Designed to individual requirements, whatever they may be. In gold, if I wanted. I have already done that for a client. I know you have. Francisco Scaramanga. Matter 
relationship with a client, Mr. Bond, is strictly confidential. Like a doctor, priest with a penitent. Of course. Yet you make guns for fingerless hoodlums, bullets for assassins. Mr. Bond, bullets do not kill. It is the finger that pulls the trigger. Exactly. I'm now aiming precisely at your groin. So speak or forever hold your peace. I've never seen Mr. Scaramanga. On a cost per bullet basis, he must be your best customer. That is true, but unfortunately, he seems only to fire them occasionally. When was the uh, last shipment? Mr. Bond, this is impossible. I can't. You're quite right. An inch too low. Like I, I, I make fun. No, I don't make fun, but I, I'm not the always the greatest fan of his writing, especially in James Bond. I mm. like him more for the Superman movies that he worked on. Mm. But yeah, he's okay. good with like punny dialogue. He's yeah. better than me, at least. Well, he's better than most, uh, most people. I would yeah. say. I mean, I if there's know. one thing we can say about. So what did what did he work? He worked on Diamonds. Worked on Living Let Dying, mm -hmm. and Golden Gun. Yeah. You know what? That's a as far as filmmaking is concerned, that's as uneven and borderline like below average as it gets. As far as memorable quotes, that's like an amazing trilogy. No, no, he's got <laughs> a great trilogy. He's got great puns. Like for, for puns, like he's got a line in the Superman the movie where uh, it's Luther and he's talking about his uh, one of his idiots um henchmen. He's like, Oh, it's uh it's amazing that uh, this brain generates enough power to keep keep those legs moving. <laughs> That's a great line. That is a good line, yeah. Some people, in other words, some people uh, can read uh, War and Peace and think it's only uh, an adventure novel. And some people can read the with the ingredients of a bubble gum uh, wrapping and unlock the secrets of the universe. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, shall we... Uh celebrate bottoms up bottoms up ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a place what a what a what an opening shot when we cut to the bottoms up it's basically the shot of a big sexy ass <laughs> again it's sleazy it's sleazy. it's funny you know it's called bottoms up and the show and a boom a bum but it is sleazy it's it, it, it there are moments in this film that just don't feel very james bondish it, they feel um, sleazy yeah. Yeah. there's a uh, like well we don't see anything but there's Full nudity in this movie. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a, it's great it's, stuff. It's great stuff. Love this movie. <laughs> so we find out that it's a character we saw in the opening that's actually picking up these bullets. There's a, uh, there's a gambling establishment. That's what the Bottoms Up Club is. They do some gambling. And there's like the, the gambling is like on two stories. I think people on the upper story are delivering through these little baskets, which they lower to the first story chips or coins or what have you. I think some betting. Yeah. So what Lazar does is he put takes the cigarette case in which he put the bullets into the little basket. Basket goes up to the second floor, and who would it be? Miss Sanders, who's actually picking up these bullets. So Bond, hot on the trail. Let's follow Miss Sanders. See where she goes. Yeah, we go from Macau to Hong Kong. Yeah. yeah. Eventually she takes a shower. Yeah. Well, we do meet Mary Goodnight just before. Oh, yeah. Just before. Uh, the follow that green Rolls Royce. Jesus. And she just a green Rolls Royce. I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to say something. Uh, Mary Goodnight's not a great character. I do. I, oh, I do like Britt Eklund in in the role, but 
But man, Bond, he's not very nice to her. He's abusive. He's the worst. Like, I, this is when people talk about the worst. Like, there's the um, the barn scene in Goldfinger and this entire picture. Okay. <laughs> like, he's he, really he's, not nice to her. He's not to her, to Miss Anders. He's he's a danger to womankind in general. Something else, something else. So we so we get to meet Mary Goodnight, who at first doesn't come across as an airhead. Like she tries to do things in this movie. Like when they're at the kickboxing match and she has the Solix agitator and she notices Knickknack leaving the stadium. Like she wants to put a homer on their car. Like, yeah, I get it. That's the good thing. But she gets trapped and it's like the minute they toss her in the boot, she becomes a freaking idiot it's really weird damsel in distress it's it's a it's a it's a tiffany case case again <laughs> it's like for like an hour you're like oh yeah no this character's not too bad and then for the last half hour it's like what 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 the hell happened to her uh but anyways so we go to the hotel room where miss enders it's a surprise Ooh, a surprise <laughs> <laughs> um she's um no, she's taking a shower that, uh, finally, she has a gun. On, she mm. takes a gun with her shower. What do you think of the moment when uh, Bond enters the, the, the bathroom, the shower, or not enters the shower, that's poorly worded, when he enters the bathroom and notices that Miss Sanders is taking a shower and he has this like uh, nasty little grin on and he just crosses his arms and gets enjoys the show. I kind of liked it. <laughs> Unsubscribe now. You can send your hate tweets to at <laughs> double O <Bob. laughs> Well, I'm I'm heterosexual. I I love uh, I enjoy Maude Adams. Well, I enjoy Maude women Maude. in showers. <laughs> What's not to like? I mean, I'm comfortable. I mean, <coughs> this movie doesn't have much to offer at times, but it has some finely looking fine looking women, and uh, I I enjoy being titillated. Like it's, uh, it's ah. uh, so I'm. You know, there's there's still some positive, mm. even in not the greatest movie mm. of all time. She uh, looks amazing. She in looks I mean, amazing. heck, she looks amazing in Octopussy. Don't get me wrong. And in fact, I probably like her more in Octopussy than in she this. Looks, I find she looks better in Octopussy. But nevertheless, she was a pretty woman. <laughs> um, however, after uh, some like sheepish little titillation, uh, we get something that's a little less titillating, uh, which is... Uh, how he extracts information out of her. Yeah. A little rough. It's a little rough. Even even if Sean Connery shot that scene. That would be pretty bad. That would be. They, there's no. Like that scene it shouldn't have been. Should have been rewritten or just not shot. It's not this way. Yeah. See, you have. Like, there's. So we've talked about the composition in the opening shot of the film. We talked about the. Uh, <clears> the, uh, the blooper. Uh, at the at the Beirut nightclub, in the dressing room, and now we have another one where it's like, did we not have fifteen minutes to talk this over and say, you know what, maybe don't slap her and threaten to break her arm. Also, it's a character that you know she's desperate. That's her last attempt to to, to get freedom. She's more like uh, Severine in Skyfall. Mm. Mm. There's something tr tragic to her character, and the way her her story ends is she just gets. Oh, she never. Go. She never. It's tragic. It's mm. kind of sad. Yeah. Well, as is Severine's. Yeah, I know. There's. It's deplorable. People complain about Severine's uh, fate also in that movie. Yeah. I think Maude Adams as Andrea Anders got it worse actually. 
Yeah, because she was mistreated by both of the men in the film. <laughs> yeah, well, we spend more time with uh, with Andrea than we do with Severin, but the 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 fact that the uh, the man, well, Scaramanga uses his gun in foreplay, like you yeah. probably like. Uh, Puts it on her lips. It's like, suck on this. It's sadomasochistic. It's masochistic. Yeah. Well, you, I know what you mean, but uh, you're making fun. It's of a me. weird kink. It's a weird kinky. It's, it's not kinky. It's, it's gross kinky. It's deviant. There's there's something really mm. deviant about that, uh, about bringing a gun mm. and drink sex. Like I will say this in defense, not of the behavior, but in defense of. The character's behavior, you know, it makes us dislike Scaramanga no, even no, more. Uh, as know? as yeah. as a shortcut to make us hate Scaramanga, it's great. We empathize with the character of Andrea Andrews. That's why it's so frustrating that she just gets killed. Yeah, you don't need Mary Goodnight in this story. She's completely superfluous. She should actually get killed. It would make more sense narratively. Yeah, I'll probably you know, kill the ally, kill the colleague, and yeah. the ally. Give uh, a reason for for Bond to. To, 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 to want to kill Scaramanga. Kill, kill the one that, unfortunately, you know, she was nice, she was sweet, she did her best, but she got in the way and Scaramanga kills her. So now he re- he doubles his efforts to save Miss Anders, who actually called upon his help for saving. Man, we Wouldn't that dramatically make more sense? We need a time machine to go back to the making of this movie and save it. Call up Tom Mankiewicz and... Yeah, find... Call Doc Brown. We're go- we need the, right. the DeLorean. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's it, there's there are very very weak elements to 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 this script at 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 times. Um, so what the heck happens? I never remember the conversation they actually have. I remember the the arm the arm twisting and the slapping. I can never remember. He says, "Oh no, I do want you to meet Scaramanga to give him his bullets. Otherwise, he's gonna get suspicious, and we wouldn't want that. These bullets are so expensive, after all. That's like a." I don't know if I like or don't like that. I think I like that line. I think I like that line. That's a good line. Because it's very Bondian. Yeah, no, even though it's very mean towards Miss <laughs> Anders. It's, it's, it's very... Um, oh, I, I, and I can't remember what podcast brought this up. I listened to too many of these James Bond co- podcasts. I mean, no. All James Bond podcasts are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all of our friends unsubscribe. <laughs> Send your hate tweets to Double O Pop. But I, so I, I, honest to God, I can't remember which one brought this up. And if they, if they are listening, you know, credit to you, whoever you are. But somebody brought up the idea. Well, I guess Miss Anders knew of 007, but had no record of what he looked like, because she doesn't seem to know who this guy is in his room. But he's the one she's asking to save her. <coughs> because he used to look like Sean Connery. Exactly. <laughs> she, she, she. <laughs> She heard of James Bond for that split second when he kind of looked like an Australian bloke. <laughs> so that's how she got to know him, of his existence. But so. yeah, it kind of still makes sense. I mean, you can hear of a famous secret agent. How the hell would you hear of someone that famous and not know what they look like? Uh, wasn't there a, a, an author that. Uh, and he doesn't introduce himself. So the scene ends and she still doesn't know who he is. It's like. Bond, James Bond. Oh, wait, that came to Roger. That was Roger. That, yeah. That, My not, name is Bond. Not James Bond. <laughs> I said I came to do Roger. That was Sean. 
Um, I don't know. Did we, did you mention that this movie doesn't really make sense? Couple I mean, times. we're nitpicking a movie full of, of nit. Uh, it's it's made primarily of <laughs> full nit. of nit. I've never even heard it said like that before. I like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, hey, it's time. To, it's filled with. It's overflowing with nit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nit all over the place. Got it in my clothes. Mm, got it in my feet. I was feeling. Yeah, I got a floss. Gotta take a shower after this movie too. <laughs> <laughs> But he says, no, 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 don't do anything suspicious. Give the bullets to Scaramanga. Where the heck do we go after that? Oh, we go to, um, he, she tells him to go to a certain club. Oh, he's yeah. going to be there. And that's where more the- plot points converge. Uh, Lieutenant Hip becomes like a thing in the film. Yeah. And Scaramanga gets rid of... Of the guy James Bond was after at the start of the movie, the they guy s- with the soul-like agitator. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, like the sort of the, the two threads, which is kind of like needless, but the two threads converge in this scene. We are now the the, the movie now is now about both the Solix agitator and Francisco Scaramanga, <sighs> as if it needed to be. Yeah, uh, we do get to uh, the uh, set of the. Half sunken Queen Elizabeth. Yes, ship. yes, that's kind of cool. It is pretty cool. It's it's certainly it's very flamboyant. It's very aust. Well, it's ostentatious once you head inside. If from the outside you would think it's just a regular sunken ship. Look like a bucket bucket of rust. Yeah, uh, can a ship rust that quickly? Because it it was yeah, sunk in nineteen seventy one, and this is nineteen seventy four. It looks in god awful shape. <laughs> For three years later, but maybe I don't know anything about metal. So. I, it's not a prop, man. It's a it's the real thing. Yeah. So. Well, if it Apparently, really sunk in '71, maybe they made ships differently back then. I don't know. Weather, obviously, probably did also. There's gonna be wear and Today tear. It's but. all made of aluminum. Back then, it was probably just steel. Yeah, yeah, but they don't make them like they used to. No, <laughs> thankfully, because. Uh, oh, oh, one of my. Uh, here's another. I know there's just so much to talk about in this film. Oh, so much great stuff. Uh, it's it's but Matthew, what you didn't what you don't understand is that it's about the intrigue. It's about the mystery. It's about the suspense. And I'll, I'm going to give you another example. Okay. I'm going to school you a little bit here. When Lieutenant Hip tells Bond that he's under arrest and they're going to the police station and says nothing else until James Bond discovers the Queen that the Queen Elizabeth is a a bunker of sorts for MI6. Sorry, didn't know how much you knew. What does that have to do with not telling you who you are? <laughs> it's like, it has nothing to do with not telling him no, who you if are. No, Bruce Lee didn't pass away, it would have been cast in that part. That would have been fun. would have been fun. He was a very charismatic guy. Oh, Bruce he was. Very charismatic guy. Can you imagine Roger Moore and Bruce Lee and Bruce Lee needing... Bruce Roger, Lee needing two teenage girls to help him out to beat up people. That's or a or needing Sean Con- uh, not, uh, Roger Moore's help. Well, Roger Moore doesn't really do anything in that scene. Doesn't do much throughout the movie. <laughs> oh, the movie, oh, except threatening to break a woman's arm. And yeah, it's, he's tough towards women. Yeah, that's our hero. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, the guy who makes the oh, agitator is dead. Knickknack inspects the body. He's actually picking up the agitator. This is revealed during the new M scene. This new M scene with Q's there. Why is Q there? I don't know. Q's only there to be told, oh, shut up, Q by M, which is like, what? what? Now I really don't remember what we do after this. Um, let me check in my notes. <laughs> the invade uh, high fat. fat. 
Yes, because With the fake third nipple. For whatever reason, I can't understand. High Fat may have been bankrolling Scaramanga to do something that had something to do with the Solix no, agitator. He wants the agitator. Yeah. Like I thought wants the agitator. Right. Uh, so since no one has ever seen Scaramanga, I, James Bond, will impersonate Scaramanga. Oh, that's why that's why Q was there because he needed he needed the third nipple. Oh, he didn't remember, know that. You remember he showed him the drawing, said, "I mm. need that," mm. and like oh, really, Double <laughs> Seven. <laughs> that's why he was there. He found me quite titillating. Uh. <laughs> I like that line. I no, I don't like that line. I love that line. I actually. know you do. I know. Invited me to dinner. Found me quite titillating as he as he removes the tit and throws it into the bush. Uh, it's it's a little little weird, wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you wait until you drove off for that? Anyways, we do. I do like that scene uh, where he goes into High Fat's not home, but he, so he seems to live in a palace, palatial estate. Which time? Because he comes back later on. Oh, he comes back later that night for dinner. High Fat invites him for supper. This is the first time in day in daytime. Okay. Oh, so Chumi. Exactly. Oh God, I love Chumi. You know who are you? To me, oh really? You know, I'm afraid I don't have my swinging trumps. That's okay. Neither do I. It's so good, so good. Yeah, <laughs> she looks like she's twelve. That really? Oh, uh, she looks super young. It's I would have given her maybe like twenty, twenty. I like. I think the dialogue is fun. The dialogue is fun. I'm not like turned on her by. I mean, she's in the water anyway. You don't see anything except her face. Yeah, but she didn't see that. She doesn't have anything. Neither do I. <laughs> she goes back into water. It's funny. I I do like it. it's funny. Good morning. How's the water? Why don't you come in and find out? Sounds very tempting, Miss. Uh... To me. Really. Well, there's only one small problem. I have no swimming trunks. Neither have I. What are you doing here? Blah, 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 between High Fat. Of course, what we find out like 20 seconds after James Bond leaves is that High Fat has met Scaramanga. So, oops. Oops. Oh, I That's bad intel. I didn't plan this. <laughs> you don't say. And it comes th- back. Great thinking, Bond. Third oh. tit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then we have the... Things w- get cheeky. Worst, worst fight in the entire... Uh, is it the entire film or in the entire franchise? Because um, it concludes with Bond giving another man a wedgie. Yep. That's yeah, but Matthew, oh. what are you going to do? You're being squeezed by a sumo wrestler. Now, these sumo wrestlers, they're like rhinoceroses. They're like trucks. Okay, they're impenetrable. You have to go for the the soft spots. You have to go to you know the weaknesses. What What is the weak spot? It's the crown jewels. Jesus. So you just... You just squeeze that a little bit. Just squeeze it right. Oh, this movie, man. This movie. And there's a shot of his ass. I think I found his G- I, well, right, I, I That great shot when uh, when he, he pinches the two. Uh, why does Bond pinch his, uh, grab hold of his, you know, it's cheeky. but um, wedging him. Yeah. Eek. Yeah. And he's down for the count. Like, this wedgie has completely neutralized this sumo wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. And then Bond gets knocked out. As he a, always does. Yeah, especially when he's played by Roger Moore. Uh, oh, Sean got knocked out. And you, uh, you, uh, uh, you're right, you're right. 
for for your eyes only twice there in the, in the Ningbo. <laughs> for you, for your eyes only twice. That's a new one. <laughs> What movie was that again? So, uh, it's, that's a, you only have twice. He gets knocked out. He gets yeah, you're right. He gets knocked out. I think more than Roger Marquez. He gets knocked out also in Doctor No. Uh, mm -hmm. Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. Does he get in from get in from Russia with love? No. Uh, in Thunderball, does he get knocked? He gets knocked around in Diamonds Are Forever by no. He Bandy. gets he gets also knocked out. Uh, oh, but of course by Mr. Wind and Mr. Kid at yeah, the slumber so uh, slumber. What's it called? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, we should make a list of our favorite uh, <laughs> Bond gets uh, gets <laughs> roofied. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, Nick Nack is very disappointed uh, because he wants to like cook. Uh, he, he wants to spear uh, Bond, but High Fat has other ideas. No, not here. It's my home. Take Mr. Bond to school. Because there's some, I, mean, I think I read that in a Batman comic, but about like it, it's kind of like a curse when you kill somebody. Oh, um, yeah. It's, it's, it, there's something about. The, the the soul being trapped so that that's why he doesn't want if you want to explain it that's why he doesn't want to have a, a murder committed on his own his private estate but yeah mm. just track him in the woods and shoot him yep but no <laughs> take him to school it's the 1970s a kung fu movie yep in disguise so you have to have geriatric um, Roger Moore perform Uh, or attempt Beat the perform. crap out of the best student at karate school. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna punch you. Oh, I do like the moment when he wakes up and he's being uh, pampered by these uh, by these women. He says, "Heaven, definitely heaven." I, I, that line always made me made me laugh. I I think of it like on two levels. The first level is like, "Well, this is like heaven," and the other level is like. Bond would sometimes would sometimes think, well, I've been such a bad person. Would I actually go to hell when I die? And he thinks he's died, and he wakes up and he's like, nope, it's heaven after all. <laughs> I sort of see it that way too, but maybe that maybe it's not supposed to be read like that. Uh, so we get a little I, knowing. Uh, I've seen the movie that they've made so far. I don't think that was the intention <laughs> at all. We get a little demonstration, uh, a little karate demonstration with chula, chula. Chula. Well, Chula gets his ass handed to him. Thank you very much by James Bond. That's <laughs> yeah, very plausible. <laughs> Completely so. plausible. Mm. Oh, right. You know, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. You know, it's tough. But, but Matthew, so, have you ever been in a real fight? Yes, I have. Then you should know exactly why Chula <laughs> has his, his butt kicked by, by geriatric uh, Roger Moore. <laughs> uh, anyways, so Bond throws himself out the window Uh, and who should appear just at that very moment? Lieutenant Hip and his nieces, absolutely, which he brought to work because it's again, <laughs> again, it, it's uh, uncle and nieces' day at work. I guess. Look, who knows how they do things in Bangkok? I don't know. Wasn't Lieutenant Hip in Hong Kong earlier? Are they still not? They're not in Hong Kong now. They're in Bangkok. I don't know, man. I just realized that I hopefully I'm getting my timeline confused because that would be really weird for Lieutenant Hip to be in Hong Kong because he definitely shows up for the first time in Hong Kong. They go to the Queen Elizabeth, which is in the Hong Kong mm -hmm. Harbor. 
thought the karate school was in Bangkok. The, all the elephants and the little river, that's Bangkok. Say J.W. Pepper? Yes, in Thailand. Right. Yeah, you're right. What the heck is Lieutenant Hip doing in Thailand all of a sudden? He follows Bond. Perfectly legitimate reason. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> now I'm making excuses for this movie. It's reverse psychology. It worked. It Jabba. worked. <laughs> All right, you're, so we get breaking me, man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, great movie, and uh, we get a great action. Scene. <laughs> we get a great action scene, high octane, uh, with uh, the two two uh, teenage girls just kicking the crap out of all them mofos from the from the karate school. Look, it's it's meant to be corny. It's meant to be funny. Now, that's not to say that teenage girls can't do karate. They obviously can, and they're clearly much better than the students from this karate school. But it is a little corny. It is a little corny. And now we're in, and finally we have enough weight, decent action scene. The boat, another boat chase. Yeah, shorter than living that die, though. Thankfully, mercifully short. shorter. Not as high octane. And in fact, the boat chase is interrupted for more comedy when Bond doesn't know how to get the motor started. And this little kid Ooh. who wants to... Uh, Very handsome gentleman for you. 100 baht, 50 baht, 20 baht. I'll give you 20,000 baht and you can get this motor to start. And he turns a little knob. Didn't age well at all. No, no, it's not very nice at all. But again, I was saying this earlier. Bond is not very nice in this one. I know he's not a nice guy... Generally, because but he's a bit of a bad, he, but he's not, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's he not go, nice. It in this looks one. like he goes out of his way to poop on people. Yeah. Poops on Mary Goodnight, poops on this kid, slaps Miss Anders around. I could see something nice, but I'm just going to throw him in the water. I could, no, but threatens gonna... to shoot Knickknack in the face. Knickknack is helping him, and he threatens to shoot him in the face. <laughs> he's not the greatest at all. Ah. Uh, that's hey, Roger's just doing what the director and the scripts tell him to do. He's just following orders. <laughs> I'm not blaming Roger, and like I said, Roger's Roger, but uh, he's he's not in the best of movies. No, he he's not, and this also shows his limitation as well. That's why in Live and Let Die and in the subsequent films, he plays the character a bit differently. It's a little bit lighter in the other films because when you do this with Roger. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. You know, I, you made me realize something. He's doing Pierce Brosnan before Pierce Brosnan. Because Pierce Brosnan, sometimes they write these intense scenes and are, they, they, they give him one-liners or zingers or the, these sexual... Look, most of his dialogue when with women is just bad sexual, sexual in, in, in windows. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, you're supposed to be fun, but... At the same time, you're a gross asshole. Like there, there's no in between uh, in that movie. I He's, guess so, but maybe Pierce is better at playing oh, the hard Pierce edge. is definitely better, but it it, it doesn't like it, mm. it, it's weird when you, you don't yeah, have the proper cocktail. It's just you can't be Roger Moore and Sean Connery at the same time, and that's what Pierce Brosnan was trying to do, and that's what the Roger Moore is trying to do in this movie. He's yeah, Roger Moore is trying to be Pierce Brosnan in this movie. <laughs> Sean it's Connery. just not working. It's, it's just not working. It's Sean, Roger Moore being Sean, his most Sean Connery as. Yeah. But, but peppered with a bit of Roger Moore. Oh, but it's, it's so it doesn't Roger. really work. It's still Roger, but mm. it just 
uh, it's it's there's something yeah. weird with the cocktail. The the uh, the ingredients are there, but it, they're not mixed properly. Not really. So the boat chase doesn't last very long. Thankfully, uh, but we got a surprise for y'all right down from Louisiana. Uh, J W, where are you? Uh, now this character. Uh, so obviously we're speaking about the return of uh, Sheriff J.W. Pepper, who's on vacation. Now, is it just me, or judging from what we saw of that character in Live and Let Die, he strikes me as someone who, forget leaving the United States of America, I don't think he'd ever leave his bayou. What is he doing in Thailand? Um, I'm guessing the director really liked the actor. I'm... I'm (sighs) You know, I'm I'm trying and failing to keep the question within the prism of the of the universe of the film. It doesn't make. I mean, what is that guy? Okay, he's married. He's been married to the same woman for years. Uh, I don't think they have children. So uh, she. They don't think they have children. They, they don't have them on when they're on vacation. No, so, just away. They're 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 doing the kids are. They're they're not that young either. I'm, I would have to. You know what? I disagree. I vehemently disagree. The, I think the children are probably in their late teens to early 20s. They're probably in university. I don't think they have children. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, the, the, this old is bald and shame. This wife, mm. uh, she's tired. She mm. uh, she wants him to retire. She's been wanting to see the world for a while. And because of the entire live and let the affair, they actually gave him some money. He used the, the like he retired after this incident. This review is turning out to be glorious. And? This is the second time you're going to bat for. Uh, I like it. <laughs> oh yeah, but you're, you're, asking, you're asking me to retcon his existence, and, and it's this. and it's working. I'm good for for retconning bullshit, uh, <laughs> especially making sense of a badly uh, written movie. That's uh, over. Uh, how old is this movie now? It's forty. Is it forty? Forty four. Forty four. Forty fifth anniversary next year. God, I can't wait for this movie's <laughs> 50th anniversary. Jesus Christ. It's going to be a great year. Uh, can I burn it? <laughs> no, it's going to live forever. They don't meet again. He and JW don't meet until a few scenes later because we have to go to the kick. Right. Bond goes back to hotel. He goes out to dinner with Mary Goodnight. I approve. The wine? No, your frock. Oh. Tight in all the right places. Line from the book. Foo yuck. I do like foo yuck. I mean, I've never had foo yuck, but I like the joke of foo yuck. It's it's funny. <laughs> he 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 goes back to his hotel room and 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 uh, Mary Goodnight, you know, wants a little, you know a little bit of playtime. And who should interrupt them? But Miss Sanders. It looks like it's time for a threesome. What would be most awkward? Uh, the insinuation that Roger Moore is a three-way uh, in the 1970s or that he bangs one girl while the other watches from the comfort of a closet. Which one's more disturbing? Which one's more awesome or awkward? Whichever you want. Which one Between awesome and awkward? Yeah, which one's well, the, the threesome's most- more awesome. The... the, the 
being shoved into a closet is awkward. It's an easy question. When you had to do it with it's a closet. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. She's and she's hung up on James Bond the entire picture. She just wants some Roger. Movie. She wants a Roger. She she wants a Roger the entire movie. That's her my main character motivation. I want this man. Don't worry, darling. Your time will come. Oh, as he says later on. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> it's such a... Oh. This movie's that, funny. <laughs> you know when people complain about uh, the bad stereotypes of, of James Bond movies? Uh, the, se- the the sexism, the mm. violence. Yeah. The misogyny. Sort of misogyny. It, it's this movie. Yeah, a lot of it is here. A, a shocking amount of it yeah, is in this it's movie. It's all in there. Like, yeah. None of the movies are as bad as this one. There's, a, I think, a line in Moonraker where he goes, mm, a woman, when he sees Dr. Oz. It's not a very good Roger Moore impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can do it better than me. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I, I know you want to. Go ahead. Good afternoon. My name is Bond. <laughs> James Bond. I'm looking for Dr. Goodhead. You just found her. A woman. <laughs> Perfect. I know, I've been practicing my Roger quite a bit. Oh, well, there's the great line where... Uh, you know, before Miss Sanders shows herself, uh, you know, he doesn't know who, they, who who it is right now. So he sort of covers Mary Goodnight, tells her to shut up. And uh, then Miss Sanders appears. Miss Sanders, I didn't, re- I didn't recognize you with your clothes on, which is a reference to the shower scene. You don't like that line? I like that line. I, there, there's, there's a few gems here and there, mm. but it's just... Mm. Like I said, it's the sum of it all is yeah. inferior to its separate parts. Hmm. No, agreed, agreed. So we go to the kickboxing match. I think after this for the Solix yes. Agitator. Yes, and finally, uh, our hero and villain finally meet for the first time, mm-hmm. and it's over. Now we're in thirty minutes when they meet. I don't remember at all yeah. the time. It's a long time. Oh, as it is in Doctor No. Although Doctor No is probably the superior movies, but yeah, Doctor No sort of earns it. Maybe less so in 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 this film yeah it's so a weird setting too we it's kind of like in quantum when they're at the opera they're doing this illegal hmm. thing in well, he's not very meeting anybody at the opera though he's he's spying no, on them but they're but doing uh, something yeah. very covert in the middle of uh but i'm referring more to you know here's the location where our hero and villain are going to meet for the first time oh okay here yeah. are these two titans of assassination and they're going to be chit-chatting about killing elephants and eating peanuts with a little person. Uh, it's such an awkward scene, the way they shot that scene, because I, 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 the act, well, Christopher Lee is doing, is really per, doing a performance, explaining his backstory, mm-hmm. and they probably had this entire speech in one long take, and it's cut with all these cutaways, and it distracts from, which is probably like pro- a, a powerful monologue that <laughs> Christopher, but it's so distracting the way yeah. they keep you. they keep cutting back to the match. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Problems with the direction and the editing, and the writing. And the writing—that's not writing. That's more editing and direction. The, but it's another problem. Yeah, you know, we've been talking about writing and direction. Well, now we have to talk about the editing. The, the Mary Mary Goodnight gets a hold of the Solex Agitator with a little bit of help from Bond and, and Lieutenant Hip. I, I will vouch for Mary Goodnight at least a little bit. She she notices Nick Knack and she says, well, you know, I'll follow him to his car and I'll put a homing device on the car and we can track them. Like, it makes sense. Unfortunately, a particularly pleased Scaramanga to, throws her into the boot, 
closes the trunk and he has like a huge grin on his face. He's like, yes, I have me another woman since I killed the last one. That's that's <laughs> it. <laughs> See, don't you hate him even more now? <laughs> uh, I, 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 it's I easy. Hate, it's easy. I hate him because I want him to die because when he dies, it means the movie is almost over. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So maybe we should speed things. I mean, not not much happens. Well, there's a car chase. There's a car chase. It's an okay chase. Uh, it's it's perfunctory. It's the definition yeah. of perfunctory. You no, know, we haven't had an action scene in a few minutes. Let's do this car chase in the streets of Bangkok. You know, okay, it's fine. But there's it, it's it's topped by a great stunt and ruined by a such a bad musical choice. Well, the, the stunt isn't ruined. What what's ruined is the, the scene as a whole. I mean, a lot of things make up a scene. The stunt is amazing, but the stunt, the editing, the lighting and the music that would accompany a stunt like that and the music, yeah, really brings it down. It's ridiculous. Well, John Barry's on record for regretting that. <laughs> he said it. He's no, he openly said, it. "I I should that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that." It's just it it ruins what is uh, one of the most amazing things in the world, and it it's true that it looks too perfect. It looks like it looks like a toy car. For for all their great work, the way they filmed it, uh, the long shot, it just looks like a toy. Maybe it's because the stunt itself is so incredible. It's so hard to imagine that when it actually happens, your subconscious or there's a part of your brain that just will not accept that it's real. But, but it needs so much work. For them to be able to do it, I mean, they can't. It, it's it's a technical like they had to go through a precise speed at this no angle, kidding. and it was done on a computer, calculated. And, and I don't think it's been duplicated duplicated since they did it once, and it's on on the screen. I don't think anyone, maybe in Dukes of Hazard, they've attempted. Uh, probably somebody has attempted to. I'm sure that. somebody has. Mythbusters have probably redone that stunt, but it's well, Mythbusters, they did it. Well, there's nothing to bust, but <laughs> no, but something like that. Mm. Well, maybe. But yeah, it's uh, it's a great stunt destroyed by poor musical choice. It's choice. unfortunate, and there's also I don't like the cutaway to. Uh, Oh, by the way, we were alluding to the fact that JW comes back, or that he's in the car oh. with Bond. I don't like the cutaway to him going, like that's. Can, can we stop talking about this character? Well, we won't have to talk about him for very much longer because, like, the sequel, the chase ends in like two minutes from now. Oh yeah, uh, go converts his car to a. Plane. Like, where were the wings? I don't know, and it's he has to install them. It's not the most. It's the most inconvenient gadget of them all. Like it just. When that thing shows up, I'm like, and I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, jeez, I forgot about the flying. And car. how can that possibly be inconspicuous? I mean, you you just drove up there. There are other places around there. I don't. I just don't understand the the dumbest question I could ask about a movie like this. I don't understand the logic. Uh, waste of time. Waste of <laughs> breath. It's all right. He's going to the island. Yes, he's going. He's going to the to the island. Bond goes back to M again, but M is in Hong Kong. Yeah, they're they're using their um, because uh, um, Goodnight has a Homer in mm. her dress itself that suit saw saw him. Well, isn't it in the in the truck in the tra- the boot? I mean, I think she mentions that her dress as a tracker, oh, right. a Homer. Oh, I don't know. She's not wearing the same thing she did uh, during dinner. The Homer's in the, the bottom uh, bo- bottom button uh, of the dress she's wearing at dinner the, the night before. 
whatevs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use your quote against you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they're able to track him down. To uh, I think we've stopped. <laughs> But it's, it, it is a gorgeous location. If I mean, people still visit those. Uh, they're, they're called the James Bond Island. Yeah. Apparently, it's gotten a little commercial, though. Well, understandable. But. Yeah, of course, it would. So we're off to the island uh, for a Solix and for uh, what, what at this point in the film, a bimbo. She wasn't really a bimbo before, but now she's certainly a bimbo. She's... Oh. she's been getting bimbo she's been bimboized yeah now she's she's the mushrooms she <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing a, a, a actual bimbo uniform she's in a bikini now well, well come on a, a bikini is on a bimbo uniform f for one in the james bone universe it is domino hey it's the Exception that confirms the rule. Kissy. It's the exception that confirms the rules. No, I'm sorry. Kissy is a bimbo. I beg to differ. I vehemently disagree. Uh, we got to record You Only Live Twice All Over. No, what was it actually called? For Your Eyes Only Twice. <laughs> Are you getting But, confused? Okay, look, you know, we're, we're, we're men. Man, she looks good. She does. Holy smoke. Was this after? And is this apparently after she was pregnant? No, she's pregnant while making the movie. I think they probably shot the bikini scenes very early. Holy smoke. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they packed all her scenes in one foul swoop to. No, uh, maybe. Because, I mean, she was preggers. Jeez Louise, she took care of herself. Shock. I mean, no, I shouldn't say shocking, but it's like, you can, I, when she's wearing the other stuff, it's like, oh, this is a. Really attractive know, woman. And then when she shows up in the bikini, you're like, "Well, no, she's been like taking care no, of herself." She, 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 I don't know how she how old she is, but she's probably like 20. Yeah, maybe 20, 20, something like that. Yeah. yeah. You were saying earlier about the character of Scaramanga not being interesting or well developed. I kind of like what they do with the character in this climax. The way Christopher Lee plays him, anyways, he's so legitimately happy that Bond is there. He's actually thrilled. That dumb 007 has shown up. Yeah, he's a fanboy. You see, Mr. Bond, like every great artist, I want to create an indisputable masterpiece once in my lifetime. The death of 007, mano a mano, face to face, will be mine. You mean stuffed and displayed over your rocky mantelpiece? That's an amusing idea, but I was thinking in terms of history. A duel between titans. My golden gun against your Walther PPK. Each of us with a 50-50 chance. Six bullets to your one. I only need one. Sounds a bit old-fashioned, doesn't it? I mean, pistols at dawn, that sort of thing. Indeed it is, Mr. Bond but it still remains the only true test for gentlemen. I doubt if you qualify on that score. However, I accept. As soon as I finish this delicious lunch that Nick Knack has prepared for us. I think that's kind of interesting, actually. It's, it does put that perverse spin on the character, because he, he wants to kill him. He wants to paint his masterpiece. But at the same time, like you said, he's a fanboy. I do like that. Wait, murky. You just made me think of something. 
Scaramanga. Scaramanga. Scaramanga has a fun house. Um, he has a statue of Al Capone, gangsters. Mm. He has a statue of James Bond. Mm. Andrea, Andrea Anders doesn't know who James Bond is. We don't know if she's ever gone into the fun house. Could be off limits. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good uh, retconning. Good job. If if I can defend why a jetpack <laughs> is on the rooftop of a funeral home or whatever that place is, I can defend a fun house on a remote <laughs> good, good. Bangkok, Thai, Thai, uh, Thai island. Good job. <laughs> sure. Um, pistols at dawn, sort of pistols at dawn type of thing. Uh, but of course, Scaramanga is a bit of a sneaky bugger. He darts off somewhere. We're not sure where. Well, the fun house. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, no. Mm, mm. Uh, and it's, it's, again, even though this was hinted at in the pre-title sequence, it's kind of cool that Nicknack says, if you kill him, all this will be mine. You know, he really wants to kill Scaramanga. <laughs> yeah, but we, what is he going to do once Karen, Scaramanga... I have no idea. If I understand, the island is on lease by the Chinese... And it's and it's it's on lease for free by the Chinese because he does favors for the Chinese. Nick Nick doesn't strike me as a great hitman. No, unless if you're talking about it's getting hit in the balls. Maybe there's a vault with money. I think in there's so many compartments in this house that there's one with uh, with all the money uh, oh. in in freshly printed bills, and Nick Nick just makes off with it. On Scaramanga's junk. Whatevs. There you go. So we're back at the fun house. And uh, I mean, just not really much. Not much happens in this climax. Whatever, pretty much. Boom. Yeah, it, it is a disappointing. Gu- the funhouse looks cool, and I like the I like the music that plays. That there's a little flute. Do do do. Like I like that little flute note, but and and visually it's really cool. I love the lighting in the in the funhouse, but as a climax, it's it's whatever. It's a wet noodle. Yeah. Oh, and um, <laughs> while Bond is having his own uh, his confrontation, uh, Mary Goodnight is being taken care of by babysat by Craw. You look. I looked up his name too, because like, like I, I wanted to see if actors had bigger careers than they did after Bond, and he's basically uh, almost like a glorified stuntman. Uh, but this, the character's name is Craw. Yeah. And he's there just for those few scenes with Mary Goodnight. He looks like a 70s porn star, too, with those he sideburns does, and that mustache. He does. Mm. And the in- he also wants to rape her. So. Yeah, it's super creepy. The entire set, and I'm going to show you this picture, because I don't know. I'm pretty sure you're going to... You, I think you're, it's good. We haven't mentioned... I mean, mind you, we've been dwindling a lot, and we probably want to wrap this up. But we also mentioned... We haven't mentioned that, in addition to the funhouse, Scaramanga wants to bit off the Solex agitator. He actually has this whole, this massive, massive machinery in on the island, within the rock of the island, this massive machinery to convert the solar oh. energy. Uh, so apparently Scaramanga is also a mastermind. A scientist? And he does mention, he does admit that science was never his strong suit, oh, so I'm not sure. sure who the hell helped him. Helped look him at the sets compared to the, each other. As you look at the golden... <laughs> yeah, at the top, it's Golden Gun, and the two there are Dr. No. And the, it looks like the same set. Mm. Yeah, 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 like I, yeah. I don't know if they built both sets on top of each other, but it almost looks <laughs> like it. <laughs> Maybe. It looks like, hey, we can reuse those structures that we had in the, the 60s, and well, uh, let's cover the, the, the pool and Oof. add a few computer 
parts. Yeah. And there we go. Oh, what website is this? The web web? What website is this? It's not a website. It's a, it's a document. It's a Google Doc. Oh. It's my notes. Yeah. Nice. Oh, shoot. Those are good. I didn't. I never. I never did. I never did uh, one plus one on that. I, I'm not entirely certain, but you have to admit that the, the both sets look really absolutely, like absolutely disturbingly the same. And frankly, as far as colorization goes and character, so to speak, although they're both like cold, like laboratories, but as far as character goes, I kind of like the Doctor No set more. Yeah, a little bit more color in it. Some more more flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Um, <laughs> So Bond and Goodnight tried to get this. Uh, well, first off, Goodnight accidentally, uh, with her big ass, <laughs> knocks Craw into the... No, it, it, that's not what she does with her bum bum. Uh, oh, does she, he fall in the vat of... Uh, he knocks her... He knock, She knocks him on the head with something. He falls into the vat of... Uh, Ultra frozen water, or whatever it is. Well, it's not like, water, but liquid it's, nitrogen. Right, like like what exactly? It's liquid nitrogen. What she what she does with her with her tush is she as Bond is trying to retrieve the solex oh, agitator. It's true, it's true. She opens the window and it, it, it initiates the uh, solar the solar uh, panel. Yeah, on the other wrong. She does that with her tush. They're finally able to get the agitator. And none of this matters. Um, the place is blowing up because the uh, liquid uh, n- nitrogen is has caused some sort of a destabilization in the system. So it blows up. Blows up. They escape on boat. Knickknack tries to kill Bond. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> Bond gets him, <laughs> traps him in, in you a look exhausted. suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> it's too bad this is a... For now, the show is only audio. It's it's too bad because I think <laughs> I think honestly, of all the shows we've done in in the thirteen months, uh, this one needed to be filmed, oh. You're, and not on me. Like my expressions, who cares? Your expressions for this past hour and whatever hour and a half. There, there's a level <laughs> of 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 BS I can take, but this is in. You know what this movie reminds me of. It's what? Batman and Robin. Both mm. and Live It Let Die is Batman Forever. And and I happen to like Batman Forever mm. because there's a little bit of a plot. There's a little bit of characters. It it's a goofy looking movie. The action's not that great. The music is repetitive at times and then not very or not very good at other times. But there's there, there's still still some good. And Batman and Robin is pointless uh, the characters behave terribly the performances mm. are grotesque and it's just a mess it's unpleasant to watch it's not funny bad it's just bad and that's it, that that's what this movie is it's just bad horrible performances really except okay. for Roger Moore who's a you, you think Christopher Lee is horrible in this movie I he's not served by great material he's not he's, he's underserved by the material that like, I, I that I can agree with. I, I think everyone does the best with the worst they have they've been given. Okay. I don't think they've been given good material. Okay. I don't think they've been given a director that is inspired. I think mm, uh, no. Guy Hamilton is no. out of ideas. No. I think the writer is out of ideas, and I, I mean, the writer admitted that he was out of ideas. <laughs> and I think the producers are maybe it, the strife. 
Maybe the strife is causing because it's it it's the last movie that's formed in the um, I don't it's one point eighty five I think the format it's not uh, yeah. super widescreen, yeah. and to me it's it makes everything looks cheap. It looks like TV at times. Some so, of those sets do. Some of those sets, yeah. So that's that's why I it, it's um to me it's unpleasant to watch this movie. I haven't watched this movie very often. I can count on probably one hand. Really? Oh, wow. really? I really don't like that. Wow. I, I, I have a Bond fan. I've obviously been doing this podcast. And I've watched clips of it. it like I, I can take parts of it, but as a whole, sit down. Even for background sound, I'd rather put Die on the Day or Whew. Diamonds than this one. So those are my final thoughts on this movie. I'm not a fan. I'm sorry if I offend. But tell us how you really feel, Matthew. <laughs> I think I did. I think I did. I, lo- I and I like. I t- it's frustrating because there's great, great actors, great locations, but they they have this asinine plot with the. Mm. Uh, yeah. If if only we had a time machine, we could have fixed this movie. Well, we came up with some better ideas earlier. We came on. up with better ideas than they have in the mm. movie. I mean, yeah. for the character of Andrea Anders, I mean, Scaramanga, he's not in Bond. Does, there's all there's not enough action. It's supposed to be an action movie. I think the a slow burn, Doctor No style, From Us Love style. It's sort of a slow burn. It doesn't have the good. It doesn't have the solid foundation that Doctor No and From Russia have. But it's, I think it's maybe trying to adhere to that I pace. I don't know. I think they're doing. They're they they don't know what they want to do with Bond, and they're they're out of ideas. I think everyone's tired, and I think they need new blood. And I think they get it by the next movie. I think getting Louis Gilbert back uh, and getting uh, uh, I th- I, who writes the next one. Oh shoot! He wrote the fake, not not real novelization oh, there. Yeah, yeah. Christopher he, Wood. Christopher Wood. Wood. I yeah. think he brought new energy in the franchise. Like I, I think his script for 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 the spy is better than the one from Moonraker. But I think uh, him. It's a good script. It's, it's a, a good, good script. script. I think yeah. he saved the franchise. Yeah. Like the the spy of Lamy is probably the most. Uh, there's few movies that the, the franchise depend on the, the survival mm. of the franchise depend on the success of the, some movies. I think this one, Golden, Golden Eye, Eye. Yeah. and you know what? Casino Royale. Casino Royale, true, yeah, 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 yeah. Although the fr- it's not like the franchise wasn't making the the one difference between those two scenarios is that <laughs> Golden Gun doesn't make. Uh, we don't really talk about box office very much, but I know Golden Gun doesn't make as much as Live and Let Die. Mm-hmm. Harry's out of the picture. Harry's been losing money as well. Uh, License to Kill, although glo- the myth about License to Kill is it was such a failure. It made money globally, but it didn't make much money. In North America, and back in the late '80s, it wasn't like today. You sort of really depended a lot on North America. Also, oh, it's uh, the summer of '89. Well, we've, we've, we'll get to it properly when we finally get to License to Kill, but that certainly didn't help. Uh, so I think, even f- from a financial perspective, Spy Who Loved Me and Goldeneye are extremely important. Whereas Casino Royale, I mean, Diner of the Day made bags oh, yeah, and bags and bags of money from create from a creative fin- perspective casino royale was important financially and creatively these are the the, the most important fr- movies but yeah the casino royale even if it was a badly written script and uh, daniel craig was incompetent as an actor it was still may uh, yeah. been 
successful. But m- my point was that die another day with financially successful. Yeah, it yeah. made like five hundred million dollars at a time when like that was. Now it's like what only five hundred million, which is crazy when you think of it. It's absurd. But back then, five hundred million was like holy shit. It was like that. It was that times billion dollar basically. So. Every movie is expected to make a billion dollar now. Crazy! It's ridiculous. That's another topic for the for, <laughs> for the box office complex. So thus ends the man with the golden gun. Good night, good night. Da, na, na. No need to fear. James I, Bond is here. I didn't do what I usually do, which is uh, take down what happened in 1974. I wanted to, because uh, instead I've uh, <laughs> I found this picture. Uh, it's from a TV show that uh, Britt Eklund was in in the 1980s. Uh, she plays the mother of a famous fictional character, and her uh, spouse is played by George Lazenby, who's playing also the father of a fa- famous uh, fictional <laughs> character. Prepare to have your mind blown. That's George Lazenby and Britt Eklund playing. Jor L and Lara in Superboy, the TV show from the 80s. What the heck? I've never even heard of this. They know it was a Superboy. Who is Superboy? Uh, Clark Kent when he was a teenager. That's the pre-crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I, uh, there is a clone of Superman mixed, uh, an hybrid clone of Superman and Lex Luthor. He's been one of the Superboys, and there's also just the son of Superman, who's also Superboy now. Huh. Okay. That, that was the TV show Superboy. And, yeah. and his parents are still alive. Well, I, <laughs> I, I think in that particular episode, it's a pair of aliens that masquerade as Jor-El and Lara. And it's as positive. George L. And jo- uh... George L. I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I didn't do the year 1974. I had this to, to throw at you. Oh, was a cool little tidbit, though. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Well, I'd love to know if we have um, people everywhere. We do have people everywhere. Uh, for instance, for example, uh, at www.thejamesbondcomplex.com, which also serves as our Tumblr account, uh, search for us at our, our very fun Facebook group. Uh, search for at the James Bond. No, just the James Bond Complex. Uh, we're on Twitter, at the Bond Complex. Uh, we do photography. Search for that uh, on Instagram, at the James Bond Complex. Uh, Google Gaga. It's that, it's that time again. Uh, go to the Google Play. I want you to Google that, and I want all the listeners to Google that. I want you to Google the James Bond Complex, and then click, click, play. Um, and lastly, there's, of course, uh, iTunes. Uh, search for the James Bond Complex. Subscribe, write a review, and give us a glowing five-star Golden Gun review. I am on Twitter at uh, double O pop. That's the word double underscore O-H underscore pop. <laughs> I'm at uh, Matt O'Claire with two T's. Never forget it. And just as James Bond always wants to return, so too with the James Bond Complex in an episode of some <laughs> sort. Soon. Soon. Um, next, next week next week oh, c'est comme toujours un plaisir total merci bonsoir et uh, ben, bonne nuit <laughs> ciao voilà. monsieur good shooting I've never killed a major before 
but there can always be a first time. Oh, monsieur. 